Golight presents Murder Most Irish. That big light was on or off Like it's brain That's ADHD right there He's like I know that's on or off I'm just gonna flick it See what happens um, I went to the cinema this week What you go see? Twice What you go see? I went to see What was the first movie I wanted to say How fucking I really remembered it Dungeons and Dragons I really enjoyed it It was very fun It was so fun I liked it a lot uh, everybody go see it because it's actually a really nice fun movie Chris Pine's really funny Chris Pine's hilarious um, and then I went to see the new Super Mario movie with Emma um, oh. with Litney and both days uh, one day I had nachos with cream right and popcorn oh, living the dream with butter living the dream the next day I had the exact same thing mm-hmm. plus caramel nibbles caramel nibbles what's that it's little buttons filled with caramel and they are delicious I would get them for you I have you. never had them before I would get them for you because they will change your life because they're the perfect texture perfect bite perfect mm-hmm. bite mm-hmm. and they just the break and the caramel is just soft oh. and in your was mouth was this in the cinema you got yeah. them okay um, and when I tell you I could not function were <laughs> <laughs> you bad were you I, I was in the bed going <laughs> <laughs> like I was given Bert, my stomach was, I am so old. My stomach was fucked. Like, we can't, fucked. I'm the exact same. Um, like, solidly. Same. I went out for tapas with Flavio the other day. And right. Okay, so here's the thing. Mm-hmm. On the tapas menu, they had goat's cheese. Yeah. So I was like, right, I'll get the goat's cheese. And we got some fucking amazing, like, crusty bread that was garlic bread. Oh, oh. So good. So we got the goat's cheese, got that, got a few other bits. The goat's cheese came. And they had like a type of marmalade on top of it. But I thought I was only going to get like a little bit of goat's cheese. They gave me the whole fucking thing of goat's cheese. Ate it all. Yeah. Flavia said to me, don't eat all that. I said, Flavia, shut your mouth. I'm going to eat all of it. Sarah Jane, two and a half hours in the bathroom for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vomiting my guts up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I knew he was thinking. I I was like, don't. Don't say yeah, to no, me because say. I will puke in your face. I'm an adult woman. I can do whatever and I want. And he was cooking chili as I was vomiting, and then the smell of the chili was making me vomit more. Yeah, I can't eat. We, what's wrong with us? Yeah, <laughs> like I literally, my, I didn't throw up, but like my stomach. You were like, was, oh. my stomach was a brick. It was solid mass. I had cramps in the oh side my God, the of my stomach underneath, the where worst. I was like, I feel like my ovaries. Yeah. There's no space for them. They were ovary cramps. Ovary cramps. And my ovaries are just... No, they're just going to like... Like fucking alien rip out <laughs> of my body. And be like, you bitch. Um, and I, yeah, we can't eat. Who texted you? Someone called Eric. Tell Eric I said, get the fuck You tell out. him. Um, yeah, and we're bad. Like, I can't eat anything either. Yeah. And you know what? Mm. i go to cinema tomorrow. i still get it again. Come <laughs> the fuck. But no, I wish I was like... When I was eating it, I was like, I know there's a potential that this is going to make me sick, but it's so delicious. So delicious. It was fucking I have beautiful. No control. I know who I am. Oh. My thing, it's the butter. I'm, aller- I'm horribly allergic to that you butter. Are. 
Massively allergic like, to you. Like, just totally allergic. Massively allergic um, to it. So anyway, yeah, hey, how are Hi, you? Hi, everybody. Welcome to our stories about vomiting and, and nearly vomiting. Yeah, this episode <laughs> is called I Nearly Shit My Pants. Um... I Flavia keeps saying you need to go to the doctor and I'm like no I need to stop eating things that I'm not meant to eat that's all I need to do so I go to the doctor and he goes are you eating anything you're not meant to eat yeah you're not <laughs> be like, yeah I am and I'm vomiting and puking and shitting my pants 24 yeah, hours I, I don't want this to be verified no, by I a don't medical need, professional I don't need him to tell me I already know what I'm doing I, he's already had this conversation with me anyway because I've told him before, like, about my stomach and stuff. And he's like, oh, is there anything that's bad, you know, that you have intolerance to? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Most things. Everything. The world. Yeah. Like full fat milk and work when I have to drink full fat milk. Bye. For the day. Like, even that much in a cup of tea. I'm shitting my guts out for the oh, entire no, day. Oh, no, I'm not that bad. Yeah, I'm that bad. I can eat yogurts and milk no. and I can eat a good amount of cheese. No, I can't. I, as but... I'm getting older, it's getting worse and worse and worse as mm. well, which I fucking hate, man. Like, can't have any joy and then I buy these like lactate pills or lactate they do nothing for me like nothing for- anyway hello everybody welcome to this week's episode of this body moving body moving we be getting down in the sand so Joe Byron's here Byron Byron Is what he- are you gonna do when you see I'm gonna give him a big old kiss um, is he in Ireland now nine, no era. nine o'clock in lands in Belfast right <laughs> He's there for a very... So he meets Rishi Sunak. Yeah. Rishi... Is that not... Sunak? No, that's Sumac. Yeah, you're thinking of Sumac. All right. He meets Rishi. Yeah. Uh, and then he was going to go to Stormont, but because Stormont's not sitting, because like nobody... Oh, yes. Nobody up nobody there wants to work. Wants to be a member of uh, the government. Anything. Yeah. Um, he's made it... He's been... He said it's not right. It's not a functioning government. He's I'm not, not addressing them. He said, I'm going to Dublin. So then he's going to, he's literally meeting him and then he's going to bed. Oh, well, I don't yeah. blame him. Like, uh, he's 97 years old. And I know, he's 112 yeah, years old. Day. Then he's going to his hotel. Okay. Then he's going to go for a nap. Okay. Tomorrow he gets up and he goes to Ulster University. Okay. Which I didn't know was a thing. Why is he going there? To address the people for the Good Friday Agreement. Yeah. To say, listen, lads, you need, you, need, you need to get back on board with the Good Friday Agreement, right? 25 years uh, ago. Would you stop fucking fire bombs at cars, yeah, lads? 25 years ago, there was a decision made. Clinton was here. It was great. Bertie. He's getting blowjobs. Everybody's Tony Blair. Time. He's made it happen. And then whatever's happened, he's just fucking it up now for everybody. <laughs> so could you just get back on board? Then he gets on a plane to fly to Dublin. And I just think that is so presidential. I'm saying to Colin. Imagine if he died here. <gasps> He'd love a book because he's like, and then... No, but we'd never hear the end of it. No, true. So then, anyway, he's off I'm down. not saying I want to kill... I want anybody to kill the president. I mean, die of natural causes. Yeah, he's old enough. Okay. Um, Just, you know. I know where you were saying. I don't want a phone call. No. Because I don't answer phone calls, so then it probably go to voicemail and I wouldn't <laughs> listen to that. Be the police. And then it just did raid. <gasps> Have you got any information? <laughs> um, uh, so then he's uh, down here. He hangs out with President, Hig- President Higgins. Mm-hmm. The Phoenix Park is closed for the full I 24 hours. I saw that. Yeah, 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 I saw that. That's, he's here, including the zoo. Ah, oh, lads, come on. The zoo is closed for a full day because the president is staying go to the zoo. in the president's gaff or he's staying in the US Embassy. One I or bet the other. that gaff's freezing. Yeah, I'd say it's damp. I'd say there's massive You know when you damp. get into a bed room that yeah, hasn't been maybe, used? Yeah, I'd say it's a cold old bed. I'd say they have those sheets from the 80s. Yeah, yeah. That my mum refuses to throw out. Yeah, yeah. Or the random blanket she puts on top that you're like, oh, I'd say the, the pillows have St. Bernard's. Absolutely, they do. St. Bernard's is the old name of Dunn's. Dunn's store. Not a dog. 
Um, right, so then he's off there. Then he heads down to Mayo. Why is it? Is it because he's from Cause Mayo? Because he's fifth generation, like his fifth cousins all live in Mayo. And he, they're having like a proper party for him. It's like uh, Obama outside College Green. I hope they get him locked. The chieftains are playing. I hope to get them locked. The chieftains are playing. I think he's a bit of a rawhead anyway, isn't he? Oh yeah, no, he won't. Like he refuses to like do interviews with the BBC. Yeah, or I saw that. He uh, was like, I'm going to be BBC. I'm Irish Catholic. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Iron said what he said. Anyway, he's here. Just all the bins he's and and have uh, uh, bags over them. I saw that. That stops the bombs. Colin said that they were in town, like hitting the <laughs> in the bushes with sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Ireland, Joe. <laughs> We're bidding the bushes with six. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, that's his full itinerary. It's Did you so see strange. the video? I, I sent you the video. Oh, the helicopter. Do you know what was in those helicopters? Because I was like, why are... Because he's not here till like t- tonight. Were they like looking? No. What? I went because I was like, what is in them? And Graham was like, I think they're just training. Like practicing. Oh. And I was like, no... They're his armoured vehicles that they fly over on a military airplane that lands in Baldonnell and then they drive them off the plane. What? How much Drive money? them onto those six helicopters and then they land them at Dublin Airport so that when he gets off Air Force One, his full armoured brigade is there ready. Here, how much money is this costing? I know, it's fucking insane. We don't have any money. No. Well, we do. We do. We don't. We spent, uh, the government does. We've underspent in our housing uh, like a, by a, a billion, billion euro. euro in four years. But they're like, we've no, there's a, we've no money to build a house. In the money. And there's a housing crisis. Listen, and they have a billion euro in underspent money in those budgets. And what are they going to do with that now? Who knows? They haven't even made a comment on it. Now, no, I do think not. that one of the comments will be. For two years of that, there was no building because of COVID. COVID. But it's like, why hasn't it excelled then this so year? So why don't you push it then? Push yeah. it, push it, push it, push it, push it, push it. Give yes. it to me. Please give I me money. I build a house. I would love some money. I build loads of houses. I was in Scott. I was in Edinburgh. And we there's a place called St. John's Quarter, which is like the brand new shopping area in, in Edinburgh. And there's a section is that, that you Is that the walk- bit that I was in? think so there's a section that very you fancy shop yes yeah that has like louis vuitton and yeah. burberry and mulberry and all those stores and i was like imagine just being able to walk in and go mm. we were in harrods me and nikita it's crazy money and we Mental were just money. like we watched this woman upstairs for her like nine-year-old son buying like prada backpacks i like, just don't get like it. it was no i don't problem. understand like i have to if i wanted to buy a prada handbag which i don't necessarily <clears throat> I don't think I have it in me. No. But if I wanted to, I have to save. And the thing about it is, if I, you've said this before, if I saved all that money, I won't. I won't. I'm not buying a Prada no. bag. I'm like, I have money. I'm, I'm going to like, I'm actually going to do something else. I'm getting on a plane. Yeah. Like I just, I can't. <gasps> do you know what happened to me this week? What? Silver tear with Erlingus. Silver tear? I officially so made it. what do you it. get? Wait, I get loads actually. Tell me what you get. That's amazing. I get access to all the lounges. Fabulous. Fast track. Fabulous. Priority on the plane. Book like getting in. Uh, something else. Hang on. I kept the email and was going to screen grab because I was like, look what I, I've made it. <laughs> uh, I've made it, ma. Air Club, congratulations. Silver tear. Uh, I get silver complimentary carry on bag. Silver, silver tea. Priority check in. Fast tracks through security. Lounge access. Nice. Priority boarding. Nice. 25% extra avios on your Aer Lingus flight. So I get 25% more flights. And if we go on a flight, can I come to this uh, place with you? Yeah, but I think I have to pay like 30 quid for oh, you. Fuck that shit. What? 
It's you get like free tea and coffee and food. No, it's not thirty quid. It won't. I won't. There won't be enough. Like if you get me to spend thirty quid, I'm not getting enough for that. Oh no, I think you might. I'm gonna bring you. Are you gonna bring me? Yeah. Hey. Uh, I am. Del- I got the email. I said, "Oh my!" Yeah, over the bleeding moon. I were said, you? I actually am now. <laughs> I'm actually now. I said, to Graham, "I've made it." I said, to "Graham, I'm actually now middle class." Silver tear, baby. I said, "I don't know if you know this, but we're actually middle class now." Silver tear. Um. Uh, the only time I've ever gotten that is we 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 travel first class from Ottawa back to. Uh, Sorry, oh, on the train, me? on the train, it's really cheap. Jesus Christ! From Ottawa back to Toronto, and they gave us access to the um, the lounge, lounge, and we were like, oh, 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 and then the train was amazing. Was yeah, don't get first class on huge. train in Ireland. No, what is it like? What's extra? Nothing. They have lamps on the. You got a lamp. They have lamps on the table. You have a lamp and a free. Cup and of you tea. also have the quiet carriage, which is not quiet. Yeah, nobody will shut the fuck up in no. Ireland, so no. that's not a thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the that's cool. There you got silver class. Silver. Right. I'm going to call it silver class. Silver class. No, that sounds terrible. Silver tear. Silver tear. Um, I was saying to Sarah before we started recording, if, if you haven't watched watch Beef on Netflix with Stephen Young and Amy, Wo- Amy Wong, is that her name? Yeah, the, yeah. La- the comedian yeah. lady. It is so fucking good. And you know what else is amazing? Tell me. It's completely based around millennials. So all the music in it is all the music we listen to growing <gasps> up, like Incubus and stuff like that. It's so, Meet was, me in he sings, outer um, this is, space. This isn't a, a, a spoiler, but he sings Drive in it by Incubus. And then they have like... Uh, uh, Smashing Pumpkins like it's all the music that we grew up with because uh, they're like you know what I learned ages. today you know that song by Gwen Stefani let me hear you say this shit it's, it's bananas B-A-N-A-N-A-S is this, are you going to say the Courtney Love thing ah yeah. I did not know that Courtney Love was a cunt <laughs> shut wrong to everybody Courtney Love said that Gwen Stefani was not punk rock and she's that she's a just a cheerleader and then as a response now let's just get this right she didn't write that fucking song. No, Pharrell, Pharrell Williams it. did. But she clearly uh, went to Pharrell and was like, Courtney Love, the renowned drug addict, was mean to me. Courtney Love. Her new beef is everybody. completely. Have you her Who's obsession beef with, now? with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Courtney's. Oh my God. About getting hole in there. Not just like how they don't care about women and how terrible it is and how they don't like it's honest bitch don't care about women you're put, punching Kathleen Hanna in the face for being friends with your husband yeah don't start this fucking shit now like, like and you're rampant racist as well I hate when people try and pull this Courtney Love bullshit it's she's obsessed anyway she's off the drugs though is she yeah apparently she's clean but she I listened to her on Mark Maron me too. I text you one. I was like, I got twenty talk, minutes. Talked as she talked and I at him. Couldn't keep up. No, I was like, I can't do this. But even he, his introduction was like, was like uh, 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 I don't really know what happened. Yeah. I didn't really ask any questions. Yeah. And then she dragged Brad Pitt, and then everybody was like, oh, yeah. okay. she drags everybody. But Brad Pitt. Um, but yeah, like she just talked to Adam for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> She's a fucking wackadoo. I think I think your brain chemistry must be completely altered completely when you've been on drugs that much. And if I keep looking at Britney Spears on TikTok, oh why? She on oh, TikTok, Emma. Oh, that poor girl. Is she getting? A, is she getting help? I have no idea. Like people are like, I, showed, I was on TikTok last night and she came up, and Graham was like, "Is that Britney Spears?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Why does she look crazy?" And I was like, "Cause she's been on she, lithium for far too long." She's mentally ill. Like I was like, "She." That's what happens when yeah, you're put on happens. lithium, of course. And like people are like, "Oh, you wanted her out of a conservatorship." Now look at her. No, people wanted her out of a conservatorship because her father was stealing all her for her money and basically making her a slave. 
she should have been out of the conservatorship but now she should also have people helping her they're two separate things but people are like maybe conservatorships aren't a bad thing oh my god yeah you're all so stupid the girl is mentally ill how would she not be mentally ill like, I don't know if anybody's helping her. No. Or like, if because these people are surrounded by, they're not surrounded by people that care about them. That's what I've surrounded myself Fucking with. leeches, like. Yeah, but yeah, like I me. didn't know she was a... <laughs> <laughs> now you're silver class. Hey! I'll be like, hey, best friend. Hey, best friend. It's me in a video dancing. <laughs> oh no, she's not doing those dancing she's videos. Da- no sound, Emma. Oh. No sound. And there's no, there's no music, but there's also no sound. And now all the Britney Spears fans are trying to convince themselves that they've like put in a Britney clone. You seen this? They're like, that's not Britney. Yeah. Her teeth are gapped. I mean, yeah, because she stopped using her retainer. Yeah. So her teeth are gapping. That's her what that eyes. is. God love her. I just think it's very fucking sad, man. Like, it's just one of those other, those cases of Hollywood just chewing some up and spitting, spitting them out. Like, and she's such a young woman. Like, she's what, 40? I don't know. 41, she, she, 42. Like a, I remember when she was famous, she was very, not much older than us as no. kids, as teenagers. Like, I remember that that poor girl got so much abuse. Yeah. Like, people in on live TV interviews asking her if she was a virgin. Also asking her her breast size. In, and then when she broke her foot, she broke her foot, I remember years ago she broke her foot and she took a break and then everyone was like, she took, she took, a, she pretended she broke her foot but she got breast implants. I was like, leave, she is 17 years old. Yeah, no, leave her alone, like, Anyhow, I actually was, um, I was going to say, because I only saw this today, I read the article that you sent me a little while ago about the alleged, well, they're not alleged, um, uh, terrible things that were happening in the Irish Defence Forces. No, it's crazy. Insane. Not crazy, not shocking. No, not shocking at all. Basically, uh, there was a report. They're sleeping with their doors. Like with their beds up against the, the door, doors, and, they're so and they afraid. were told when they were recruited, when they joined the barrack, the people who showed them around the barracks were like, "You're, you need to do this for your own safety." On like day one of being like, "Hey, welcome, welcome to, the to the armed, armed forces. forces. You've yeah. made it into like your career choice. These are the barracks you're going to be in, but just for your own safety, uh, you push have your to, bed against you have the to door? push your bed against the door, and you have to. We need to give you a double barrel mm. lock." Because men are going to try break into your room and, and rape, rape you. you. So the IRG, IRG did a report, and basically what they said verbatim is that the Irish Defence Forces barely tolerate women, and sexual violence is prevalent. Yeah. So there was a lady named Roslyn O'Callaghan who did an interview with Katie Hannan on RTE Upfront, talking about uh, her rape. And it's uh, the podcast, as I said, it's RTE Upfront. If you want to listen to the podcast, just trigger warnings. It's horrific because she doesn't go into detail, but she does explain what happened to her. And she, I saw a video of her today just talking about it. And the fact that she was 21, it was her 21st birthday, the night of her 21st birthday. Mm. And she went out and I was like, oh my God, she's not that much older than us because she was drinking tea and Maria and milk, which was like a drink yeah. back in the day that we had. And she said she wasn't a big drinker, so not that much alcohol would get her drunk. And she had like three TMREs and some Heineken and she was fucking out. Like, yeah. So her friends bought her outside and she said she threw up and then her friends were like, right, we're going to bring you home. Back to the barracks. So they brought her back to the barracks and they got her into her room and they put her in bed and they closed the door. And she woke up to a commanding officer on top of her raping her. Yeah. And she, because she was so drunk, she said it felt like an out-of-body experience and she didn't know if it was happening. But she just said, stop, get off me, get off me. And he wouldn't. 
So then she passed out again. She woke up in an absolute state and was like, oh my God, what's after happening? I don't know what's after happening. And ran out and asked for one of the girls to help her. She reported it immediately. They brought her to the hospital. They did whatever tests they need to do. They interviewed her. She said there was about 20 or 30 people talking to her. She was in no state of mind to deal with it. She told them what happened. Then came the investigation where they released her hospital reports to her saying that she had not been raped, that the evidence on her body showed it was consensual. She was passed She out. was passed out. Um, and when she walked into the room and said, that's the man that raped me, the man that was doing the interviewing said, that's not what we're here to talk about. Take a seat. The officer, the commanding officer that raped her was fined £175 at the time and was allowed to continue doing his job. This woman uh, had PTSD, massive traumatic issues, is devastated beyond belief, and the Irish Defence Forces knew everything about it and did nothing. Is she suing them? She's, she hasn't done anything with them. I don't think she can. I don't think she can either. But she is an amazing person. Her name is Rosalyn O'Callaghan. I think she might have a TikTok. You can follow her on that. But just, I watched it today and I was so frustrated because what do you, she did and that's what's annoying. She did everything right. Mm. Where she and she told them straight away. She went to various people to talk about it. She reported him to the guards who did nothing. Because they didn't want to do anything. But now the guards are like, yeah, we're doing a full investigation into this. Where were you when this woman told you she was raped? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm just, I'm keeping abreast of the whole thing because I just think it's horrific. And these are, this is one of those things that can easily just be like under the carpet and forgotten oh, yeah, about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to say that Ross and like a lot of people stand with her and a lot of people are heartbroken for her and she's not the only one obviously but mm-hmm. I just think it's amazing that she did come forward um, because like she's she's in her 40s I'd say now and you can still when she's talking about it I don't think people understand the damage this shit does to people like No, absolutely not So yeah, I just wanted to say that I saw that today and uh, fuck the Irish Defence Forces uh, fuck men who run them and as Sarah said, the fact that these girls have been brought into barracks and told to shove beds against their doors so they're not raped yeah, like- by officers is a level of insanity I'll never fully understand. Um, but yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna, uh, send any nice messages or a tick, or mess, comment on her TikTok, it's Rosslyn, R-O-S-L-Y-N, O'Callaghan. So that's all just questions. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. the housekeeper. Housekeeping. Yeah. So. Y'all ready for this? Thank you to everybody for their lovely I'll go for burp. Lovely Instagram messages and comments. You're all very, very good. Thank Did, you. Was the episode okay? Mm. Was the episode Colin had It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. I listened to it before we put it up. Because sorry, lads, the sound last week. I was in Scotland, Sarah was in London. London it's just the sound was so bad. But uh, I listened to it before we put it up and it was grand. I did first aid last week in London. She was qualified for sinner. Stay in love, stay in love. But that's good though, because if one of us, if I ever start to choke, what you do you mean? Put- one of us, only a few. Sorry. What do you mean, one of us, like in general? Oh, I'm not giving you sign language here to do it if I'm choking. <laughs> but like, you gotta do. Can you do the highlight? Can you? Do the- yes. Huh. Yeah. Do you want me to do? It? I need to make sure. No. Because um, I will throw up. No, absolutely. I know how to do the Heimlich. I know how to do CPR. I know how to use an AED. Ooh. I know how to do proper slings. Oh, I thought you were going to <laughs> <laughs> um, I know how to do child children CPR. I know how to do children. I know how to deal with like if you've got a potential back injury. Um, if you like, if you've broken your spine or neck. Um, 
what else? Head injury, stroke, asthma, angina, heart attack. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so with a kid, it's all about like uh, what fits. So like if, two, if it's like a little kid, you're like... Yeah, and you don't bend your arms. So oh, I've seen that. They put them straight. straight. And then it's pretty much your body that's putting all the weight. So what take, about a, hum- a human? <laughs> an Grown adult up. is uh, whatever hands you're comfortable with. And you got to go... Do you mind if I touch it? Go for it. So you got to go across where their nipple is. Oh, so is that we, where you do it? Yeah. So with you, it's quite difficult because you're quite big-breasted. So it'd be like there. Yeah, but you'd be lying down. Yeah, because the boobs go like that. Yeah, and yeah. then... Um, you got to go about like five centimetres deep. What do you mean? Like in? Yeah. Whoa. So if you think it's like <laughs> your credit card <laughs> or your bank card, it's that depth to get the muscle. the muscle. Well, to get your heart. That's what I'm trying to get to. To make sure that I'm putting, pumping enough blood, pumping your heart so it pumps blood. I can't wait to save a life. Uh, I know. We're going to save the life. Got, if anyone it's going to happen to, it's probably going to be gonna me. going to be you, yeah. And there's no point in doing it on anything soft. So you have to be lying on the floor or something hard. And did you do it on a, were you doing practicing on a person or a no, dummy? No, you can't because you like Gas hurt them. So it's a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> it's dummy you practice on and you have to put in, like you have to build as a dummy. So you put like the lungs inside the dummy. Stop. Obviously you're this blo- sounds fun. Yeah, because obviously you're blowing air into yeah, the dummy. Yeah, yeah. So all that stuff has to be taken out and cleaned. So all of it is separate. So you get your like CPR dummy and they call them Annie's. But I called mine one Conan because he looked like Conan he did O'Brien. did look like Conan O'Brien. Um, so mine was called Conan and I had him for the all four days and I loved him. <laughs> um, and he, he comes with... So when he doesn't have a face on, that's when you're practicing. So I learned how to dislocate someone's jaw. What the fuck? Why would you have to do that? Because if they're, if they've broken their neck and are unconscious, if you think they've had a head injury and they're unconscious, you can't put them in the recovery position. Oh, you have to break their fucking You don't, jaw. you just, it just pops out. It's actually quite easy to do and you can do it on yourself and it's really painful and also you have to go to hospital to get put back in. Um, but at the time you're like, so it's down. to stop, it's to essentially make your tongue fall out of the way of your airway. That's crazy. Um, now, regardless, if the person, like, let's say I rang the ambulance and they were like, it's going to be 40 minutes before an ambulance is with you. You do that to give yourself time, but they're going to start, like, essentially choking, choking. on their own saliva. Because when you're unconscious, you don't swallow. No, of course. That's why they put you in a recovery like- position. Um, so at that point, if you're, if they stop breeding, the broken back goes out of the way because again, you're just trying to preserve life. So yeah. you're putting them in the recovery position. Um, to try and get them back breathing. Try and get them alive. Um, and then if that's not, you have to do CPR on them. And there is a thing called the Sarah Law. Because apparently there was like, someone tried to sue someone who did like first aid on them when they were like... I heard about this. They broke uh, their ribs yeah. and they tried to sue them afterwards. Yeah. After they saved their fucking lives. Yeah. There is a law that stops that from happening. Which there fucking should be. Mm. That's crazy. The she girl who taught it. us was a girl called Deja. She should Deja do stand-up pretty up name. comedy. Was she really she funny? Was so fucking funny. She ah. told a story about her breaking her, her breaking her leg and she's like Jamaican. Her mom is like Jamaican and her mom was like, there's nothing wrong with you, you little pig. And made her walk around. <laughs> and I was like, made her walk around for like four days. Jesus. And then finally brought her to the hospital and, and like, her leg like, is broken her leg is fully broken and when her oh, she was like when we got there her, my mom pretended like she cared about me she was like do you want to get in a wheelchair she's like in a wheelchair she was like, <laughs> she was like and then the wheelchair rolled over her toe and it broke and she was like you deserve that like she was so funny and so sweet and I love Deja it was St. John's Ambulance I did it with oh very good yeah 
Oh, there you go. Free uh, health and safety stuff from Sarah Jane. Don't do tourniquets. Uh, don't do Jeremy Renner. Absolutely don't do a tourniquet. What did Jeremy Renner do? Oh, I know because I watched. So Jeremy Renner has a, so apparently where Jeremy Renner lives is quite isolated. So he was like, this, he has a snow cat. Oh, okay. And he was like, uh, nine times out of ten when I take the snow cat out, there, there is no other way for me to get into my house unless I take the snow cat. And he was like, and I did go down to my neighbours and use it. He, he did... The way most severe accidents happen on that machinery is by someone just not doing the right thing. Oh, so he had his nephew's truck chained to the back of the snow car. His nephew was in it. Nephew's right. obviously older. Oh, was the nephew was pulling the nephew out, was he? Yeah. Right. Um, and then he's he he was reversing, couldn't see his nephew, got worried, stepped out to while the thing was moving. And was like, and stood on the wheel, which is essentially a great big metal grid, and got pulled under. That's Holy fuck! How was no, he alive? Yeah, there's no great like, oh, he it malfunctioned or so, like it literally was just he went under sheer stupidity. And I mean that with like the utmost respect because all of these accidents, like I've seen someone being degloved in an Amazon station Ooh, simply God. for stupid things like that. I've seen somebody that was scalped. Because they didn't follow the instruction of like, you need to keep your hair up. Because you're now like, anything that's rotatory. Yeah, literally, it's going to pick your shit up, you're done. And in terms of like the sheer force of those things. Hey, remember when Jeremy Renner had an app? He had an app. Oh my God. What? Whenever anybody talks about Jeremy Renner, all I think... Do you know Graham hates Jeremy Renner? Yeah, I've I've beefed with him too, I don't know why. It's his face. I don't want him to die. Here, this is mad. I don't understand why he's famous. Oh, he said, by the way, you would like this. Uh, I learned how to deal with eye injuries. He Ooh. said he could see his other eye with his eye. Because his eye came out of his Ooh, skull. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That is insane. Jeremy Renner official, or Jerry Remmer, on the Google Play app was an application created by American actor Jeremy Renner. He created the app in March 2017 to hear input and comments of his fans. The app was then shut down in 2019 in part due to frequent bullying and trolling that the platform had experienced. So basically what you did went on is you got like Renner books. What's wrong with him? I don't know. And you paid, you paid Renner books and then you could go on and do you know, I, I, He's a dumbass. He stood on a moving um, snowcat wheel. Whenever anybody tells me about Jeremy Renner, the first thing I say to somebody is like, do you remember when he had an app? And they're like, no. <laughs> I, know like, an, I know he had an album. Yeah, yeah, he sings as well. Do you know, who rem- do you know why I said to Graham, I think I dislike him? What? Because I think he's like Steve Carell's character in The Office. He gives me I that I think vibe. he thinks he's better than he, he is. He does. He thinks he's more important than he is. Yeah. Oh my God. Jeremy Renner, <laughs> rest up. Feel better. <laughs> Or this man nearly lost his life and we're like, isn't he a cunt? Isn't he terrible? I'm sure he's a lovely person. Anyway, would you like me to tell you my story this week? Yeah, I had something else to tell you. Oh. You're going to really like oh. hearing about this week's story. It's a terrible story. Okay. But you're going to enjoy it. Is it gross? No, it's um, not gross. I had something else to tell you, but I think it's gone. Mm, it's gone. Do you know what you do if someone's eye pops out of their skull and it's still intact? Shove it back no. in. <laughs> <laughs> Put milk on it. Shove it back in. Oh my god! I have to tell you, there's so many odd things. So we learned. To, I learned how to deal with burns as well. Right. Chemical. Bit of carry Everything. Um, the amount of people in the course that were like, put yogurt on it. Put an egg on it. Put the most rent. I was like, put an egg on it. Put yogurt on it. Put egg whites on it. Put chamomile tea bag on it. <laughs> I said, lads, we keep going. We'll have breakfast. <laughs> so what do you put on it? Fucking water! Like, what do you mean? Sometimes when I... Okay, this is... Sometimes if I get, like, a steam burn, I put a little bit of Kerrygold on it and it helps. 
the butter helps. It's terrible idea. Whatever's in the fat helps. Do you know why? It, do you know why it's a terrible and idea? And I go. <laughs> Would you like me to tell you why? I shouldn't put butter on a wound. <laughs> That's not it. I'll tell you the exact reason why. Because oil is a conductor of heat And if you have a bad it's enough burn delicious. That's going to continue to it, burn I call it Emma's treat Yeah There was another lady in the course And I honestly don't know how she's alive Oh she do love She's telling really? so many stories Where I was like Love <laughs> One of them was There are some people that, that shouldn't be alive Emma One of them was that She got a third degree burn On her leg Oof And her grandmother put oil in it Oh Sarah stop that was like her grandmother's treatment. She was in hospital for like two weeks because the burn became so severe. Exactly because oil is a conductor of heat. I put the leeches on it. Yeah. And if you don't, if so you need to run, if you burn yourself. Fuck the poor girl. Especially like if you burn yourself badly. Cold water. Even if you burn yourself and you don't think it's bad. It's just, it doesn't need to be freezing. It just needs to be top, tepid room temperature water. And you need to do that for 20 minutes. Yeah, which seems you know like very long about time. You pull it back and starts hurting again. You're like, for yeah. fuck's sake. Here, one time uh, when I was younger, I felt I was in my mum's house and I fell asleep during the day with my back to the radiator and the radiator was on and I didn't realise and I woke up with like a massive burn on my back. <gasps> didn't tell anybody. <laughs> so I was like, how do I explain this? Yeah. Massive, huge. I think I didn't call those, but it was like that size. Oh my God. And then it popped. So. <laughs> anyway, what's on the Patreon? Is it Drive? This week is the Drive. Can't remember what we talked about. And then next week we're going to have something new because I'm going to do a little story bob for next week. Um, but yes, thank you to everybody still supporting the Patreon. We really appreciate you. Also, once again, please do not feel bad if you have to cancel your membership. We completely understand. You don't need to explain yourself. It's completely you do. fine. I'd like a two-page letter. <laughs> it's completely fine. And don't ever, ever, ever feel bad. Six euro is a lot of money for everybody right now. So. Two euro is a lot of money when you got no money. Literally. So don't ever, ever feel Six bad. Six euro. We'll get you 10 packs of noodles now. This is true. And the fact that anybody's even on our Patreon is insane. So thank you very, very much. For all I know Lily keeps telling you to give... Give my mummy six, six euro. euro. I'm going to sit down. Colin, I'm not reading, so shut the fuck up. Hey, Colin, tell us about the Patreon. Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximilian's Bell Bag, and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be Miscellaneous Most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, Murder Most international for those cases you guys have been crying out for or even music most awesome where we talk about our favorite albums but wait there's even more how about mmi drive the fan favorite podcast show where emma and sarah jane drive around dublin talking about all sorts of shite plus our monthly ask me our segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two so what are you waiting for come on over to www.patreon.com for forward slash murder most Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month. Give my mommy six euro. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, big stretch. Okay. Boom. This week I'm going to do the story of Amy Fitzpatrick. Oh, I think I know this one. I, everybody knows this one. I think I know this one, yeah. 
Amy was born April 7, 1992 in Dublin and Kulak. Sorry. There's no real trigger warnings in this in terms of like gore. But like we do talk about like a missing person. Okay. And you know, that is that can be utter- upsetting. utterly upsetting in itself. Um, all of my references are Ew. the Sunday world, the news of the world, <laughs> the journal, ah, they're all right. <laughs> the independent, yeah, they're all right. uh, Ortiz primetime, <laughs> and Facebook documentary. <laughs> <laughs> On Wikipedia. Okay, well, that's okay. Um, Amy was born April 7th, 1992 in Dublin in Coolock. Amy was a joyful little kid. She loved animals. Her aunt said she was a gentle little child and Amy wanted to be a vet when she got older and had a beaming smile and was always full of happiness. I can't find anything else about Amy's childhood. Amy's family, yeah. like her mother, is weirdly quiet. Okay. Like there are no... You know, like, the way you see women who have, like, missing children or There's, like, interviews where they talk about, like, what they were like and yeah. what they loved yeah. and, like, what they wanted to be and, like, where... You know, that never happens here. It's probably the trauma, though. And the only well. people talking about Amy are her... Is her aunt from Ireland right. and her dad. Her dad and her aunt. Okay. Um... So, in 2004, Amy moved from Dublin, Ireland, to Malaga in Spain. She moved with her mother, Audrey, her brother, Dean, and her mother's partner, David Mahan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know know this one, yeah. They moved to Spain for a fresh start, good weather, affordable property, and a better career prospects for David, as he was an estate agent. They lived in a part of Spain called Malaga, and they lived in an area that was, like, residential, but also had tourists, like, was close to the beach, um and they they she had friends like they lived around other people that were like Irish but mainly English. Is Malaga nice? I've never been. Yeah, it's nice enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, Spain is a popular destination for Irish and British as expatriates, and that's kind of what David was looking for because he wanted to sell property there. On New Year's Day, two thousand and eight, at ten p.m., um, Amy said goodbye to her friend Ashley Rose, with whom she had been babysitting Ashley's brother at a house in Mayas Costas in Malaga, Spain. She asked Ashley if she could stay again, but as it was New Year's Day, Ashley did not think her mum would let her because Amy had not seen her own mother for New Year's Day or New Year's Eve and Ashley told her she would not be able to stay again and Amy headed home. Um, she should have arrived home in her house no more, no less than 10 minutes later. So it was like a 10 minute walk I hate these fucking stories. from like her friend's house to her her, own, her own family home as they lived in the same neighbourhood Ashley described Amy as an introvert extrovert she was loud and bubbly with people she knew but she was quiet and shy around strangers she had a really small friend group but she was a good laugh and she loved music and I will say that the thing for me about Amy's case because I remember 2008 I was you know old enough to remember 2008 is around the same time that like in the Sunday world, in the news of the world, in the Daily Mail, in all of those rag newspapers, chav culture was constantly slagged off. Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, they would like, do go out of their breeze, way. Like, yeah. and, you know, like just like this slag culture or chav culture was just like slagged off. Amy fit the MO of a chav. 
Okay. So like all the pictures that were printed of her were her with like spider eyelashes, really tight pony, like really thick heavy makeup, a Burberry scarf. So like, just being a teenager. Yeah, then. gold hoops. But she was portrayed like it's really difficult to read the articles about her den because and it um she didn't fit the MO of like the missing little seven year old. Oh yeah, they they wanted they want the like uh the perfect idea of a missing child. Yeah. It's like when when women go missing that aren't like blonde and six foot two and a size eight, yeah. you will find anything to the <sighs> tabloids are fucking scum. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I always felt that it was like nobody cared that she yeah. was missing. Mm. It was more about like the drama in the background. Yeah. So on New Year's Day, Ashley and Amy headed to the local high street. So this is just what they did that day. As Ashley had Christmas money she wanted to spend, not thinking it would nothing would really be open as it was a bank holiday, both girls got the bus and spent the day wandering around the shops in Fungarola. It's about 20 to 30 minutes away from where they both lived. They headed back a little tired as as they had a late night before celebrating New Year's Eve whilst babysitting Ashley's brother. They set up chatting into the early hours of the morning and at around 10pm uh, or a little before, they headed back to Ashley's together. So as they were walking back to Ashley's after getting off the bus, that's when Amy was like, can I stay again? Okay. And Ashley was like, I don't think my mum's going to let me. And then when they got there, she was like, my mum's not going to let you. But also Amy had to pick up her things and anyway so Amy had a bag of her belongings that she needed to collect from the sleepover Ashley's mum said no she couldn't stay as it was a school night and she wanted her brother and Ashley to get a good night's sleep the girls hugged each other and they made plans to meet up the next day and Ashley said it was just kind of an unspoken rule but it was always like 3pm is when they met Okay. She was like, when okay. by the time we both got up, but about when we both got ready, yeah. like yeah, 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 like three p.m. is when we just like would always meet up. So that was it. Amy was gone. As far as Ashley was concerned, she was gone home. This is two thousand eight. No one has an iPhone. No one's on social media mm-hmm. other than on your desktop computer. Yeah. Bebo is massive here mm-hmm. at this time. Um, Ashley got up the next day, and her friend from across the road from her dropped over, and they decided to go out. So Ashley rang Amy's house to see if she wanted to come out. Mm-hmm. Amy's mum, Audrey, answered. She said, Amy never came home last night. Ashley thinking Amy would still show at three o'clock because Audrey didn't seem in any way worried about it. Was like, she'll probably still come find me at three o'clock. So she then said to her own mum... When Amy knocks, just call me on my mobile. I'll come back and get her because they were just hanging around in the same area. But no one raised any I alarm learned. at this point. Like Audrey. Bro, I would have raised an alarm immediately. Immediately to be like, I thought she was in your house. Where's my kid? Right? Amy never shows up at three o'clock. Oh, for fuck's sake. The area Amy walked to get back to her house in Malaga that night that she left at 10pm is an unlit, lonely track surrounded by undergrowth. The area is residential, it's also frequented by holiday goers, which is what I've said. It's January 1st at 10 p.m. It's pitch black when she's walking home. Yeah. The sun has been set since about 4 p.m. It's like not peak season. It's no. cold. It's winter. Yeah. And it's not like people definitely go to Spain of for course, New Year's. Yeah. But it's not like teeming with tourists mm. at this time of year. At 5 p.m. the next day, Ashley's now like, something's wrong. 5pm the next day, yeah? This is Ashley, but her oh, okay, friend, oh, not okay, Audrey. Okay. So Ashley, she's a kid. She's like 
what, worried about like her fucking 40, between body. 14 and 16 as she rang her mum and said something was wrong it just did not feel right she said it was just not like Amy and she would not be out by herself she would only ever be out with friends so at about 6pm Ashley decided to walk to Amy's house and retrace Amy's steps she tried to see if anything was in the bushes or if there was anything like to see that she had been there to see if she could see anything from but from that point it became like pretty apparent that like Amy's missing oh my god this poor girl imagine that imagine being like 14 and looking in the bushes for like signs of and imagine like Amy's mom not doing anything or yeah like not Amy's mom and dad don't by the way Amy's mom and dad don't ring Amy's mom and partner don't ring the police that night what the fuck's going on so this is two nights now where she hasn't come home it's your daughter what are you uh, doing and they haven't heard from her but they don't ring anybody because according to them it was really common that she would just stay out but according to Ashley and all of her her friends they're, they're like, like that's not common no like she would go home and then we she'd come back out or if she was staying over she like she re- like so even New Year's Eve she transferred her mum's phone number into Ashley's mum's phone so she could ring her mum what the fuck Amy's family back at home in Ireland don't know she's missing either they find out two to five days after the family go to the police, which is even around the same time. Yeah, which is longer even. Through social media. Her auntie sees a, a like article or a, a, a picture shared on Bebo. Sarah, stop. Her aunt Christine saw through a mutual friend that an Irish girl was missing and saw it was Amy. Christine got in contact with her brother, who's Amy's dad, Christopher, over the phone and said what she had seen. He had not been notified by his ex-partner and had no idea his jo- his daughter was missing. Christine told him to come to her house and she would help him get in touch with the authorities in Spain and to try sort out getting over to Spain. They finally, like, get over to Spain. There is no liaison officer to meet them when they land in Spain. The only people that they could speak to or get to talk to, like, so Amy's family don't speak to them at all, okay. uh, is Ashley and her mum. So Ashley go, Ashley's mum meets them at the airport. No one from the police force meets them. There's no liaison officer in the guardie office either working with this man. What is going on? So they went to their house and Ashley told her the last time she saw me. So pretty much Christine and Christopher go to Ashley's house. Ashley and her mum talk about like Amy and talk about the last time they see her. Uh... Christine says it seemed like Amy just vanished into thin air. It was like she never existed. What the fuck is going on? Like, so these these poor neighbors. Yeah, no, it's it's care. like they care. They, they've been dragged into this like because they love this girl. Yeah. It's so. So I always I remember this case, but what I remember most about this case is that like this girl was portrayed as like a problem. Like she was a problem oh, child. She, oh, okay. So that's how the media were. Yeah. So I real, don't give a fuck what problem she is. She's missing. She's missing. Realising Amy had not stayed out with friends and she had left Ashley's house the night before at 10pm, Audrey doesn't call the police until the 3rd of January. So Amy goes missing on the 1st of January. She doesn't come home on the... According to Audrey, she doesn't come home on the 1st at all. She's not seen at all on the 2nd and she's apparently... So there's a, an issue with a mobile phone that I'll talk about. But she's no contact with her daughter for two whole days. And then on the 3rd of January, she's like, oh, you know, there must be something wrong. So now she goes to the police. 
Good as Lord. they state, they thought Amy was staying in friends' houses. So they thought that she was like couch surfing. However, Ashley had called looking for Amy on the January 2nd. So they knew that Amy... They fucking knew. Yeah. Also, when she was reported missing to the police, they reported that Amy had left her phone in their family home. So her mobile is in their home. In Amy's home? Yes. Okay. In her Audrey and David's house. But Ashley and her mother say Amy had her phone with her as she used it on New Year's Eve to transfer her mother's phone number into Ashley's mother's mobile to call her mum and say Happy New Year's. So this only means that Amy made it back to the house. That's literally all that means. Yeah. She went home, left her phone there. Why would she leave her phone there? Exactly. And why would they be like, she never made it home? have you met a teenager? Those phones are never out of their yeah. fucking hands. Like, like, and there's pictures of her on the internet and she's, like, holding her phone. Yeah, and, like, all like I remember being 16, 17. Yeah. You get your mobile phone for the first time and you're like, this is, I, I'm in love, I'm never yeah. living. You don't, like. So, this, this, to me, verifies that she got home. She made a home. She made a home. Like. She was in the house. But they say they never saw her. Also, over the Christmas, <clears throat> Amy was due to go back home on St. Stephen's Day to her dad, Christopher. But Audrey rang Christopher and said it was cancelled as Amy's brother had gotten into some trouble but never said what the trouble was. Um, But Amy showed up at Ashley's house on the 26th, which is St. Stephen's Day, crying, saying that David Mahan would not let them go back to Ireland to see their dad. Ashley and Ashley said Amy said her plan was that once she got back to Ireland she was going to refuse to leave Ireland and stay with her dad like she she, didn't wa- she wanted to stay yeah she didn't want there. to come back to Spain Ashley and her mum Debbie also told the media that Amy had a terrible relationship with David and she was scared of him Audrey refutes this and has pu- publicly said that this was not the case at all a police search ensued after they reported Amy missing and so much time had passed since she was last seen by her family that the Spanish authorities acted almost immediately. They acted fast with a full search of the area. Helicopters and sniffer dogs were deployed. To no avail. The trail went immediately cold. So they like gave the dogs like things that belonged to Amy yeah. and the dogs just never picked up a scent. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Um... On January 9th, Audrey and David appeared on Spanish TV pleading for anyone who might have taken Amy to return her safe and sound. But also in the same message said that if Amy can hear this and almost like if you've ran away and you're too scared to come home, please know we love you and come home. Audrey was clearly upset and found it difficult to get through without breaking down. David was less upset and just kind of was there kind of being like you can do this is what he keeps like saying support yeah nothing happened no one came forward and no leads in the case were ever publicly shared in june of 2008 six months after amy has gone missing oh audrey receives a phone call from a man who said he had vital information about her daughter he said he had vital information that the family needed and the police cannot be involved at all he said amy had been kidnapped she was being held in madrid the man then said he would call back with the name and address of where Amy was being held. He said he would be back in touch. Five hours later, Audrey received a text message from the same number saying, if you can send us 5,000 euro to receive the information where Amy is, send back yes or no. With this, Audrey then immediately got in touch with the police. They found the number to be an unregistered prepaid phone, making this a dead end. 
Yeah, that was a scam. Yeah. Which is one of the most disgusting scams I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, but that happens when people, when kids publicly... People do this all the time, especially like when kids go missing. Yeah. And they ring up and give like false leads and yeah. stuff. Fucking psychopaths. In August 2008, the home of Mahan and Fitzpatrick's lawyer in Riviera del Sol. This is one of the oddest things about this case. Was broken into and a laptop that was used to search for Fitzpatrick was stolen. In addition, Fitzpatrick's Nokia pink mobile phone was also stolen. The 32-year-old lawyer, Juan, Juan Jose de la Fonte Texido, said the bur- burglars got into his pop- property by forcing a, lo- a locked garden gate. He said the stolen documents included confidential police reports about Fitzpatrick's disappearance. It makes no sense. They took documents which are financially worthless and left all of my expensive valuables like my TV, computers and music equipment. Nothing else was taken. What the fuck is going on? This was a targeted theft and no one has ever been identified or brought to justice for the theft. So like the stuff's never been recovered, but also like they didn't take anything else. They took her phone, which her parents said she didn't bring with her to that house and the people in the house are like no she, no, did. she did um Amy's aunt Christine believing no one was paying attention or speaking openly to the media about Amy so like nothing happens the, f- the only thing is like Audrey and David speak on Spanish TV they do an interview with Primetime which is actually kind of I just think it tells how like disconnected they were from their child so like they they go to the area where she apparently walked and David Mahan is like, I didn't even know this is, I didn't even know this laneway existed. I didn't know this is the way she would walk. I didn't know this existed. Oh like, and I was like, how do you not know? Like, I maybe, maybe I'm just being really overjudgmental, but I know my parents would know what way I walked home. Like, I remember Ooh. when I went on the Mitch and my mum was like, I'm walking the way. <laughs> I walking, know exactly where you're gone. <laughs> I'm walking the way you're supposed to walk home from school. But also, it's not even that. It's like, as a parent... I don't have kids, but as a parent, I'd be like, I want to know where you are at night. Yeah. Because you are a child. I don't care that you're 14, 15. You're a fucking kid. This is a new place. We don't really know that like many people around here. It's dark. Like, I need to know where you're walking. Like, I just think it's like when he said it, I was like, how did he was like, I didn't know this existed until she went missing. I didn't know this is how she walked back from that house to our house. I was like, how? This whole thing is so strange. So, believing no one was paying attention or speaking openly to the media about Amy, she decides she would release diary entries. So Amy had a diary. She somehow got access to it. Okay. She begins to release diary entries from this diary. Okay. It's to show how unhappy or neglected Amy was. Her entries made it look like she really missed Ireland and she was sad and lonely. She depicted herself eating out of a bin and said... That she was not being fed. She drew a lot of pictures in her diary. She she drew like a bin and like drew herself eating out of the bin and then wrote like text beside it. Being like, I've no access to like food. I'm not being fed properly. What? She also said that she'd not... So she's... At one point she says that she's like living in a box. Like she's sleeping in a cardboard box. Um, She says that she's moved into a house 
her new house because they moved and that she had like a tiny room and it wasn't painted and there was nothing really in it. Um, she says that she didn't have access to shower. She wasn't allowed to shower. She didn't shower. She says, and I, like, she is a teenage girl as well. Yeah. Um, but she says that she hasn't showered for about two years is one of the texts she writes. Um, she paints a very bleak picture of her, like, childhood, of her time in this house in Spain. Okay. And she paints, she paints a very difficult relationship with her mum, but also with David. She also says that she's afraid of him. Well, to be honest, their reaction to her missing would tell me everything I need to know. This yeah. is clearly a disconnect between the parents and the daughter. Like, a massive disconnect. They You're waited just... two fucking days to call the police. What? Yeah. There's like, a whole, and there's no, like, at no point, like, I just don't feel like anybody really questions them on it. Like, at no point did anyone from prime time, like, sit like, down hey, and go why through did all you of wait this. Two days to I mean, call like, why did you wait so long? And, like, and I know that it's, I know that I'm sitting here looking. No. But I, I just know. think, oh, we've done enough of these cases, and I've read so much about, like, people who, like, have kids missing, and it's like. It's a meet, it's like that. Yeah, like, like if just, you're, I've, I've seen, when I was younger and I was an hour coming home late my mother would be fucking frantic I did have that childhood but no, no but like because we lived in a tiny village so it was like where are you you yeah. can't be anywhere like but that's fucking crazy she made she also said that she missed Ireland greatly she was sad and lonely she depicted herself eating out of bin not being fed Um, she said she was sleeping in a box Audrey said these were all taken widely out of context and that Christine had had no contact with Amy for over three years. Christine said, Christine says that regardless of how much or how little contact she had with Amy, that Amy was her blood relative and she would never give up on her, on her until she was found. So to me, Christine's speaking like a mum. Yeah. Like, yeah. whereas to me, Audrey's just trying to defend her choices. Yeah. Like, if anything, it's for her to say she hasn't had any contact for her in three years, but why hasn't she had any contact with her And it doesn't sound like years? you haven't had any contact with them. Like, you've had no contact with them. Your daughter is missing for two days and you don't call the police. So maybe let your let this woman help. Yeah. Now, this story gets even wilder. Okay. To add fuel to the fire that Amy was scared for her safety and being neglected, the following letter was released to the media in 2013. Amy went missing in 2008. Yeah. The message appealing for help was sent in 2005, nearly nearly three years before the 15-year-old vanished from her home in Spain. The letter was written by a mum of Amy's pal and was sent to the Irish Embassy in Madrid. It claims that Amy wanted to move back to Ireland. It read, It's probable she will disappear if she is not looked after. This child is desperately scared for her safety. Holy shit, what? The letter detailed how unhappy the 15-year-old schoolgirl was living in Spain. In the handwritten uh, missive sent to the Irish Embassy in Madrid, a woman whose daughter who went to school with Amy on the Costa del Sol raised serious concerns about her welfare. The woman who was known to have housed Amy at least on one occasion. So that is the thing. Amy does seem to sleep over in a lot of people's houses. Claimed that the teen was really distressed she wrote it is probable that she will disappear before adding amy is scared for her own safety we need something in writing we have pleaded with the embassy it is understood however when amy's mum was alerted the spanish when amy's mum alerted the spanish police over her disappearance she told officers that there is 
absolutely no physical threat to, from anyone in the country to Amy. But in 2003, 2005... Three years later, she's missing. A randomer writes a letter on your child's behalf to the Irish embassy to be like, she's in danger. She's something wrong. In the letter, the friend's mum asked for the authorities in Ireland to investigate the claims and said she was in regular contact with the embassy staff. She also claimed Amy told her she wanted to live in Ireland. Police statements also confirm Amy's mother, Audrey, knew about the letter at the time of Amy's disappearance, but didn't tell them. Oh, this is a mess. As the years went up, on the family packed up and moved out of Spain back to Ireland so like David and Audrey kind of bounce back and forth between Spain and Ireland Dean leaves pretty much straight away that's Amy's brother and comes back to live with his dad okay in May of 2012 David Mahan said someone on Facebook contacted him to say that the Irish gangland killer Lucky Wilson was gloating about killing Amy and that no one would ever catch him for it David gave this information to the Gardaí, but nothing has come of it. But Lucky Wilson was in the area on the dates and the Gardaí did look into it. So he was there when Amy disappeared. There are also multiple tab. So this is what I mean about like, Amy's almost like painted as the issue. It's so fucking awful. So there are multiple articles, tabloid articles of Amy being involved with an older man in the area. But again, nothing has ever come. None of And all of her friends are like, that's, that's not, not true. true. Uh, there's no formal investigation into that either. So the, the the police in Spain never even look into it. The Kinahans have been mentioned and linked by the Sun newspaper and the English gangster being over an English gangster being overheard by his girlfriend talking about getting rid of a mattress close to the time Amy went missing is also a story that like the Sun like of course they did wrote. But again, nothing comes of it, and there is no like avenues in the investigation down any of the just, oh, it's like these tabloid fucking articles where they're like a source close to the fam- yeah, no. 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 Amy's aunt Christine received an anonymous call saying that they could find Amy's remains in Stable 5 in an abandoned horse racing grounds no more than 15 minutes away from where Amy was last seen. This was given to the authorities in Spain via the Gardaí here in Ireland, but to date, no investigation into that information has been made by the authorities in Malacca. Why? there's loads of so like I looked into when cold, when cases go cold in Spain they don't like so they, they say like it's an open case yeah they don't do anything with them unless there's new information new evidence so they just sit on a shelf so they just let them rot basically so there's no, yeah there's no like you know the way over here we have a cold case yeah we have section. a cold case unit yeah that doesn't appear to happen in Spain great the other thing that's like Spain has a really funny police force so there's like four different fractions of police yeah, forces yeah 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 I remember when the when um that little girl, what's her name, went missing. Uh, she really went f- missing in Portugal. Oh, was it? Because Portugal's the same. So yeah. they have, and they're all like, almost fighting with each yeah, other. Yeah, no, and same in Spain. Yeah, so they all fight thing. over like, who covers what and they don't want to share information. Madeleine McCann, sorry, yeah. I couldn't remember her name. Um, also, that woman is not Madeleine McCann. Oh God, no, it came out. Yeah, I figured yeah, her DNA, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? May 25th, 2013, Dean Fitzpatrick was stabbed. So Dean is... The brother? Was stabbed to death by David Mahan. What? Yeah. I thought this story's insane. He stabbed him. He stabbed him to death. He killed him. Oh, I didn't know this. What the fuck? So now Audrey's, both of her children are gone. Dean is dead. 
So, Dean Fitzpatrick was stabbed stabbed to death by David Mahan on May 25th, 2013, in an argument apparently over a water bottle outside the apartment that David lived in with Audrey. So I'm going to go into that story. So this motherfucker is clearly like a violent piece of shit. Yeah. Good job, Audrey. David was 17 when his sister vanished. He moved to Dublin soon after, turning 18, and he lived with his father, Christopher Fitzpatrick. He met his partner, Sarah O'Rourke, in 2010, and they had a son together and lived in Lusk in the north of the county. Mahan and Audrey Fitzpatrick returned to Ireland more recently, so they didn't come back that soon. Dean had psychological issues that had begun and he had begun misusing drugs at the age of 11 and self-harming. So they know that where she said Dean's got himself into a bit of trouble. That was like a recurrent theme. And Dean's trouble spread to Amy in terms of how it was reported. Okay. So like a lot of like Tug is used a lot. Like Amy is is called similar work. Like they're they're in all of the articles that are tabloid articles. They're painted in a, a like a really light, negative where like, light. Yeah, the, he's the, eleven doing drugs. Maybe yeah, yeah. he needs help. Yeah, and not to be condemned. Sarah Dean's girlfriend said that Dean had used to. He used to take relaxers, so he obviously was suffering from something where he was like taking relaxers to calm himself down. She also said that he'd. She had asked him to move out just days before he died, because he was selling tablets. She saw him with a black eye in the morning of the fatal row and he said he had owed some money to somebody. About a quarter of an hour before the fatal fight, she had sent Dean a text message saying that she was with someone else just to hurt him. So this relationship is a mess. Oh, yeah, one of those ones. His father, Christopher, also during the trial, gave evidence that he was troubled during the last week of his life. He said there was stuff going on with his girlfriend he said, adding that as far as he was aware, the deceased couldn't see his child. So he's an 11 or 18 month old son. Dean does. Yeah. With Sarah. And Sarah has said now at this you're point, not allowed to you're not allowed to see him. Like you're on drugs, you're selling drugs. It's not safe. Oh, this is dark. Christopher also said that he was also suffering from the fact that like his sister was missing. Like he really struggled with the fact that his sister was missing and did. nothing seemed to be done with it. David Mahan told Gardy that he and Dean had an up and down relationship. However, they had joined the gym together and both attended separately the day before the row. The dis- David saw his stepfather's bicycle parked outside and took a plastic water bottle off to annoy him. So Dean was coming out of the gym. David was in the gym. Okay. He saw his water, his water bottle on the back of his bike and was like, I'm going to take that for a laugh. Okay. It's, uh, he was trying to annoy him. Okay. And it worked. To the point of being stabbed. To death. Mahan, so David Mahan complained to the staff about the water bottle. The staff in the gym said there was nothing they could do to it unless, about it unless he wanted to report it to the guardie. David at the desk was like, he said he wouldn't do that over a water bottle, but he instead instead decided to contact his his stepson, like uh, like essentially text him and harass him. Be like, where the fuck's my water bottle? Kind of thing. Yeah, he spent much of the next day drinking and phoning Dean. Oh my god! <laughs> Records show several unanswered calls. Sarah also said that David rang her and threatened to stab her in the neck if she didn't get Dean to call him back. 
He eventually convinced him to come to his apartment. So he was like, come to my apartment. Um, uh. And CCTV shows him enter the building at 11.06. Mahan leaves at least seven minutes later. Mahan said his that Dean had pulled a knife on him in the apartment and that he had wrestled it from him and that he put it back in his pocket. He said that the, that uh, Dean had left, but that he followed him and took the knife out to show it to him. He said that Dean then walked into the knife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Several times. Two of Mahan's friends in the flat at the time, Carl O'Toole and John McCormick, Mr. O'Toole did not see any knife until Mahan returned to the from stabbing yeah. Dean. He said he didn't really know what had happened, but Mahan asked him to get him out of there. So he drove him around the back roads of Dublin for a number of hours oh before eventually bringing him to Mahan's father's house. I'm like, get yourself there. But he doesn't know, he doesn't know Dean's dead. So he doesn't know what's By happened. all accounts, he doesn't know Dean's dead. So he was just like, I'm going to drive him around. Because Dean asking. comes to the house. David's in the house with his two friends. Yeah. David and Dean apparently get into it. Right. Seven minutes later, Dean leaves being like, fuck this. Yeah. David follows him. And that, all you see is the CCTV of two of them walking out. One first and then David yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then David comes back and goes back upstairs. Jesus Christ. What a fucking mess. Um, Dean had ran downstairs but collapsed outside and had bled to death internally the knife had damaged a number of organs as well as his aorta oh he just walked into it did he? he just walked into it apparently David Mahan turns himself into the guardie the next day Okay. he said Dean was suicidal and ran into the knife sir Following eight hours and 16 minutes of deliberation over three days, this, by the way, it takes about two to three years before this goes to court properly. Audrey and Dean, Audrey and David get married. In this time. He kills your child. He kills her son. There's then a like legal wrangling between Christopher Fitzpatrick and Audrey about who like has access to like bury him she wins access to bury her son she doesn't show up to the funeral because she's too upset are we fucking serious right and now? they get married and when i tell you the pictures are so bizarre they have like a a, a proper wedding he mur- after her son is killed he stabbed your son to death she marries him I just, I give up on humanity. I really do, like. So following eight hours and 16 minutes of deliberation over three days, the jury returned Friday afternoon with a majority verdict of 10 to 2. The foreman's hand was shaking as he handed the issue paper to the registrar. She read it aloud. You say the accused is not guilty of murder, but guilty of manslaughter. I hate Ireland. It was less than 20 minutes after they had been given the option to reach a majority verdict. So they obviously were at like... Loggerheads. Yes. And the judge was like, you need to decide. 
And 20 minutes later, they were like manslaughter. Imagine sitting on a jury and going, yeah, I definitely think he ran into the knife multiple times, yeah. including to cut his aorta. Uh, bail was applied for for David, pointing out that he lived in Spain after the incident, but had returned home to be charged. The state objected to the judge and remanded him in custody for sentencing on the 30th of May. He was sentenced to seven years yeah, in prison. Usual shy. He served five. Of course he did. He was released on the 28th of July, 2021. He walked from jail. During his time in jail, he was diagnosed with mouth and throat cancer. Mm -hmm. And Audrey went to every single chemotherapy session. Couldn't go to her husband, her son's funeral. No, no, she was. She went to the the like day before, but didn't go to the funeral. Um, before the court case, David and Audrey were married. The case is still open, according to authorities, for Amy. It would have been her 31st birthday this year. There is a petition for the Irish government to pressure the Spanish government to look into her case again and open it. Um, and that petition is essentially by her. It, it's her auntie and her, her dad. And her dad. Like, Audrey is not pushing it. Audrey and David live in Cavan. And there is a full news article that I read of Get Audrey. The fuck out, Kevin. Of Audrey talking about how excited she was when David was released from prison and how she was doing up the house to have him home. And, uh, cause she just kept it like plain and simple when okay. she was there by herself. That woman didn't want children. Um, she didn't want children. And unfortunately, there is, that's the end of the case. But this woman now has no children. And, and is sure, married to, honest, to the man. I'm sure she's fine with that. And is married to the man that killed her son. And apparently her, allegedly her daughter was legitimately terrified of. I'm absolutely fucking gobsmacked. I didn't know that part of it. I didn't know. I knew he, I knew he killed her son. I knew that. I, did, I didn't know that. Um, I kinda, all I knew was about Amy and I remember you know, seeing her pictures in the newspapers and I remember just being like, oh my God, she's a baby. Um, But I didn't know that he killed her son and then said her son walked into the knife and 10 people on a jury sat there and went, yep, sounds legit. Mm. And then she married him. Before the, so before he went to court. Before he went to court, she married him. And after, so like in the time where he was being remanded on custody essentially because he's not in prison. People humanity is a disease like I can't deal with it. she marries him do you want to see the pictures yes please that I just I think I saw I've seen pictures of Amy a while ago because people are obviously trying to you know get people talking about it again like, that's a kid yeah like she's a kid and the way the media tried to portray her as anything else is so frustrating but I can't believe she married him Sarah are you they look happy, don't they? She, he murdered your son. Oh my God. Who went to that wedding? Who went to that wedding? Alive. 10 people in that jury went to that fucking wedding and guarantee you. The whole thing. I just find the whole thing. This is insane, the Sarah The whole Jane. thing. I just like can't, how do you like, even if it. This like, is complete and utter madness. Like, I just don't know how you marry him. I don't know how you how marry do you him. Ma how Graham, do you this Graham once let Lily fall off the chest of drawers when I tell you. <laughs> this close to divorce. I said to him, I said, uh, do you not know how to be a good dad? <laughs> That's a true story. That's the thing. It's like, your daughter was so afraid of him that a stranger who barely knew her wrote a letter to the Irish embassy to get her help. A. 
B, you didn't call the police for two days when you disappeared. C, this girl was clearly being neglected and allegedly abused. And D, he stabbed your son to death and you married the bastard? Mm -hmm. The two of them can rot. And please don't message me if you know her or anything. I don't want to hear it. Because I don't want to hear it. They can fucking rot. That is... I am so... I am flabbergasted by this. I so I was I've been doing a story for like the past like week and, and like every time I was writing I was like I'm fuck the fuck. Like, I'm absolutely I, I didn't know I didn't know. Yeah, you know, I, I told you when I was I was like this one you're gonna be like what it has. Do you know what this one is? It just it has it all. It escalates quickly. Fuck that. Just and the worst part about this is that Amy still has been found. No, still has been found. Like if if anybody can Google that, I'm going to Google that petition maybe and sign it because the Spanish police. Need so to open during that case, her like, ceremony, oh my god, um, Mr. Mahan yesterday wrote uh, war. So Mr. Mahan, so he wore cuffs with links. So pretty much the cuffs were like that hurt that they're part of us. Mr. Mahan said after the Loki ceremony in, Sar- in Swords, we're thinking of them both today as we always do. Stop that! And we wish both of them were here today. Audrey has said in the past she originally planned for her daughter Amy to be her bridesmaid and for her son Dean to give her away. Funny thing is, uh, she could have potentially been your bridesmaid if you hadn't contacted the police two days after she went missing. Like the whole thing, this story this is, is bedlam. This anybody, anybody who believes either of these people, please go to get therapy because this is so obvious what they have done. Like, obviously, I don't know what's happened to Amy, but with that, with that, with her son, yeah, yeah, he walked into the knife. He walked into her. Walked into it seven times, did he? <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't have dropped it at any point. Was it super fat? Was he flash speed into the fucking knife? Like, like. drop the knife. Anyway. Anyway, excellent job. I'm absolutely and utterly disgusted. Yeah. I'm tough. fucking disgusted at this. Like, I don't... You, like, you try and see the good in life and in people. You do. Because if you don't, didn't, you'd lose your mind. But for two people like that to exist at the same time... Yeah, together. Together. And then be like, were you thinking of them? Were you thinking of them when you repeatedly, repeatedly ran into the knife that you apparently couldn't drop? You I stupid just... cunt. You baldy prick. And you, like, my thing... In your I fucking kilt... Even if it was an accident, right? Because, like, things happen and, like, it's easy for anybody to sit down and be like... But I was like, I know I could not... I Like, I you couldn't, couldn't marry, you couldn't marry the be person. with Graham. If, like, he was somehow involved in, like, like ending Lily's life. Jesus, touch wood. Touch all the wood you can. Don't do that. Bad, that's bad luck. Touch that. Um... I'm absolutely fucking flabbergasted by this. Like, I I genuinely don't know what to say. I'm absolutely shocked this by the whole thing. Mental. Excellent job with the case. I just am absolutely shocked that this is, that they're married. Yeah. You didn't think it was going there, no. did you? No. 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 I didn't think so either. I read it and I was like, I didn't read it. I saw the pictures and I was like, what? She married him. She married a man. That a stranger has to write a letter to the embassy saying that your daughter is... is, is I said she's probably going to go missing. She's probably going to go missing and the three years later, three years later she went, miss, went yeah. missing. And then you didn't call the police for two days. I... Don't need to hear it. Don't, don't at me or Instagram me. I don't need to hear it. I don't care if you knew her or if you know that woman or that man. I literally do not care. This is ridiculous. Like, 
Like, if you're like, I know her. I don't care! The two of them can fucking rot. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, not almighty. Anyway, that's the end of the story. We have to go now. That's mad. I'm actually shocked. Like, I don't even know what to say. Colin's going to have to cut so much of this out because I'm like, I hope everybody dies in a fire. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, um, but excellent job, Sarah Jane. I... I what do you say? You don't that? say anything. Like, I would just like to say everything. I really, I just, I know, I, it's ridiculous to say, I hope she's alive, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything. How have they not found this girl? Like, like how the fuck have they not found this girl? I'm going to go to Spain. <laughs> I'm fucking going to go to Cavan first and middle fingers up at their gaff and then I'm going to go to Spain. Mm-hmm. How are you? Jesus. Cavan. 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 Um, but everybody, I'm sorry for shouting. Sarah did a great job. Uh, I hate everyone. I'm sorry for ruining your day because honestly, this, this is this story is a, like a fucking head fuck now. Ruins your day. Yeah, like there's nothing good. No, nothing good happens. Nothing. nothing. There is no like, and then they found, and then no, no, this manslaughter, and then and then, no, like that man is man, that man got out of prison in 2021. Man. What motherfucker sat on a jury? Anyway, do you know what? It's fine. I just, if I was on that jury, I would have been like, I'm going to ruin everybody's day. Yeah, you would be like, we're hung and we ain't been unhung. This. Mads. Do you think they were like, we just want to go home? Yeah. Like that is the thing about like the, I don't think people realise because people just see the movies and they think that's what happened. Mm. When a jury can't come to a decision, they were like, so they sat for three days after the court case. So they sat for a full three days trying to come up with a verdict. And they couldn't come to like a unilateral or unified decision. And that's, so that's what happens in Irish court. I know, like, yeah, the judge goes in, he's like, comes if, in you, he's like, if you feel like this, it's manslaughter. If you feel like this, it's... Yeah, yeah. and it's like, yeah. So, Graham's mad got called for jury duty. And she's panicking so much about it. Oh, is she okay? Yeah, she's so stressed about it. She was like, I said to Graham, you fill out the form first. And he filled out the form for her. And she was like, she's so funny. She said, what if I just tell them I'm a... I'm, uh, what did she call it? I'm Celastic. I said, sorry? What's Celastic? I said, I just started to laugh because I knew she meant dyslexic. Oh! <laughs> Sarah, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, uh, we will see you next week for a new episode of Terribleness and Awfulness that I will think about tonight. Mm. Completely wasted on half a G&T Was thinking I would like a hookup But man, I'm so unclean Now why the hell would I depend on Some dumb Neanderthals See, I don't need nobody's help My right hand does it all Flicking the beam, flicking the beam Flicking the beam, flicking the beam Flicking the beam, flicking the beam, flicking the beam, flicking the beam.